This is the FCB Podcast Network. They freed us all from tyranny. We stand for things for liberty. And they fought so we would be America, land of the Welcome back to the Growing Patriot Podcast, American History for Kids. I'm your host, Amelia Hamilton. This week, we continue our dive into the First Amendment by looking at the third piece, freedom of the press. Hi, I'm uh, Dan McLaughlin. I'm a writer for National Review, magazine, which is a magazine and website. Uh, and before that, I was a lawyer in New York City for 23 years. All right. So between those two things, you are certainly well-versed in freedom of the press. Uh, it is something that we all need to be uh, aware of. Absolutely. So I would love to go right back to the beginning. And why was that something that our founders were so aware of and felt like it was important to protect in the Bill of Rights? Well, freedom of the press is really part of the freedom of speech. Uh, But they wanted to make sure that it was clear um, that you didn't just have a a right and a freedom to speak, to talk to people. Uh, They wanted to make sure that you had the right to write things down and spread them to the whole world. And, you know, at the time of the founding fathers, they didn't have, of course, radio, uh, TV, telephones, computers. Uh, They didn't even have the telegraph. So the way in which people communicated to large numbers of people was through uh, the press, literally the printing press, uh, and making either newspapers or pamphlets. In fact, not not even books all that much. Most people couldn't afford books at that time. But they had newspapers uh, and they had pamphlets. Um, And very often that was the way to spread news, even to people who couldn't read, right? Because the men uh, of that age would gather in a tavern and and somebody who could read would read the news aloud from the paper. And then the men would bring the news home to their their wives and children. Wow. And I think that that's something that our founders took advantage of during... um during the kind of revolutionary, the colonial and revolutionary period was printed materials that the king wasn't too happy about. Yeah, I mean, Benjamin Franklin was a newspaper man. Uh, Thomas Paine, who wrote uh, Common Sense and other pamphlets, uh, those those were huge bestsellers. I mean, Paine, uh, his, his book was one of the greatest bestsellers in American history in terms of the number of, you know, compared to the number of people who were in the country. So they used that message uh, they used that that medium to spread their message um, to other people, uh, you know, against the king. Um, and then even when they were when they were uh, growing up, the Constitution, they used the newspapers, the the Federalist Papers, was a series of essays printed by Madison, uh, Hamilton, and John Jay uh, in the New York newspapers uh, to make their argument for why New York should ratify the new Constitution. Wow. You mentioned that there were a lot, there were many fewer ways to get in touch back in the, in the revolutionary period, back in the 18th century than there are now. So if you, do you think that if, if they were to have looked forward, you know, 250 ish years and seen Twitter and blogs and podcasts and everything that we have now, would that have changed their minds about free speech or freedom of the press? 
I don't think so. I think they would have been uncomfortable with some of what's around today. They were uncomfortable with some of what was around then. Uh, but they recognized that even when the newspapers mislead people, uh, even when they, they get things wrong or sometimes lie, that that's part of the cost of having free speech. That, uh, you know, it, when, you, when you're an adult, part of what you have to learn to do is to sometimes read both sides of the story and figure out who's telling the truth. Um, the real landmark case uh, that led the, the colonists at the time to think about freedom of speech seriously uh, was the case of a printer called John Peter Zenger uh, in 1735. So this is 40 years before the revolution. Um, and until Zenger came along, there was only one newspaper in New York. Uh, and it printed whatever the governor, the royal governor, who was appointed by the king, wanted. Uh, and then the royal governor uh, fired some people from his administration, and they more or less supported Zenger in coming up with his own newspaper that would be critical of the governor. Uh, he started by printing things that these other politicians and judges didn't like, and then he, he added his own criticisms. He accused the governor of rigging elections and kind of called him stupid and corrupt. Uh, and so they took him to court. Uh, they tried to have him thrown in jail, in fact, for what they called seditious libel, which, you know, when we hear terms like libel, slander, defamation, um, those are still things you can be taken to court for today if you if you actually say something that is a fact that you know is not true in the newspapers, uh, you can have to pay for it. But it's very hard to prove. In those days, um, the king could simply have you dragged into court for being critical of the government. Uh, and so Zenger's lawyer, or, uh, a man named Andrew Hamilton, who was no, no relation to Alexander. Um, <laughs> Although my uh, brother is named Andrew Hamilton. Well, there we go. I, I can't <laughs> speak for what it, whether he's any relation to you. So, uh, But he argued, he argued that the jury shouldn't convict Zenger uh, if what he said was true. And the judge told them, no, no, that's not the law under English law. It's still not the law under English law. In fact, even to this very day, uh, they don't have a First Amendment in Britain like we do. Um, but uh, the jury agreed with Hamilton and they let Zenger off. Um, and his wife kept the printing presses rolling while he was locked up. Um, and so by the time of the revolution, 40 years later, people remembered the John Peter Zenger case as an example of why they needed a free press. And so, you know, 16 years after that, when they wrote the Bill of Rights, and in fact, even when they wrote state Bill of Rights as in, in state constitutions, they always included the freedom of speech and the freedom of the press. Huh. It's interesting. I think one thing that people misunderstand about freedom of the press is they think that disagreement among the press is something fairly new. <laughs> so they think that there need to be more restrictions. But like you you just mentioned, people have disagreed publicly in the press for a long time and printed things that other people didn't want them to print. But if it's true, you know, people are allowed to read both sides and make up their mind. Yeah, there were, you know, there were newspapers uh, when George Washington was president that attacked Washington, claimed that he was a paid agent of the British. There were newspapers that made all sorts of horrendous charges against Adams and Jefferson. And, and some of the founding fathers were involved in financing those newspapers. So, they, you know, they, 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 could, be, they could be rough with each other. Um, but at the end of the day, they trusted that the readers of the newspapers would make up their own minds. 
Yeah. What are some other things that you think people might misunderstand about freedom of the press today? Um, I mean, I think people sometimes don't understand, uh, you know, they, 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 they don't understand, for example, that uh, I think foreigners, for example, don't understand that we have a press that is allowed to do whatever it wants. Uh, right. One thing one thing we don't have is what's called prior restraint. Right. There's no censorship ahead of time. Even if even if a newspaper does something that that uh, is very bad, uh, the government can't come in and stop them from running. Um, you know, I think people sometimes, on the other hand, they they maybe they don't understand that the press can't always be trusted. Right. And that that because we have a free press, the press is allowed to, to say and do all sorts of things that aren't always the most responsible things. And, and again, the way you correct that is not to complain that the press is allowed to print things. Uh, it's to point out the truth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing that that listeners have definitely heard me talk about before as well is source documents. And sometimes you need to get right to right to the source and see if what the what the newspaper is saying or what a YouTuber or someone on Twitter is saying is really, is that really what happened? And you have to go, go right to the source and find out. You have to ask, you know, when somebody says something, how do they know this? Mm -hmm. If it sounds like something that is just telling you what somebody else is thinking, maybe, maybe they don't have a source inside that person's head. Uh, but you know, when the, when the, when the newspapers or, or the radio or TV or whoever are reporting on something that, happened in a court decision or a public document, you can go check. Yep. Yep. I know one of the most important things I did when I was in college was our teachers had us look at, I did a, I had a degree in history. So they had us look at historical newspapers and we had to, or sometimes it was letters. Um, and we would look at who wrote it, who they were writing it to and when, and then we would have to write an essay about why we should trust it or not trust it. And that was, it was such a good way to think about these things that you know, it's important for everyone to think about about what they read and what they hear that way. Yeah, I was also a history major. I actually had a teacher in high school who once um, gave a lesson for a couple of days straight of just completely made up nonsense. And he did this because he wanted his students. It's an important thing to learn in high school that yeah. you don't just trust anything that anybody tells you, you know, <laughs> even if that person is is a person in position of authority. Uh, you have to learn to check things for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So when you were, were leaving your, your lawyer life behind and becoming a writer, do you think that if freedom of the press didn't exist, is that a, cho a choice that you would have made or how has that changed your life? Oh, no. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be doing this. I was, I was writing uh, while I was a lawyer for, mm -hmm. for a long time, but not, you know, as my main job. Um, but, uh, it, it's enormously important to be able to, it's, 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 it would not be a very satisfying job to be writing, uh, in public, uh, if, uh, if you felt you couldn't tell the truth, you weren't free to speak your mind. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's something that's been very hard for writers in countries that don't have free press, in countries that don't have free speech. Uh, and, and there were, you know, for many years in, in, uh, dictatorships, there have been, you know, writers who had to secretly smuggle their, their real thoughts, uh, in the underground press somewhere because they couldn't publish them. Yeah. It's important to remember how much bravery is required for a lot of, a lot of writers and a lot of people working in the news 
um, around the world. And I think we can take that for granted a little bit here, but but that's an important an important thing to remember. Yeah, and even you know, even when you have a free press, you have to be brave enough to say what's true and what you believe, even if other people are going to criticize you. Because guess what? That comes with the territory too. It does, and that and that brings us back to free speech. <laughs> that we're allowed to allowed to say our opinions and print that, but sometimes people say nasty things in response, and they're allowed to do that too. And that's 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 why, you know, when when Americans get asked about that, they often say it's a free country uh, mm-hmm. and it's it's good to remind yourself what that really means. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that we can protect freedom of the press and make sure that, you know, for future generations, we you know, we can we can rely on that? Well, I think it starts with, um, you know, accepting the idea at when you're in school, when you're in at work, uh, that if somebody says something you disagree with, that, you know, you, on the one hand, have the courage to stand up and disagree with them. But on the other hand, don't, you know, don't get upset and throw a big tantrum that somebody is saying something that you don't like, uh, even something that hurts your feelings. Sometimes you just have to say, okay, you know, that's, that's wrong. And here's why it's wrong. Um, and, and so the, the value of a free, free press and free speech uh, you know, it starts with all of us. It's not just the government's job, um, you know, and, and, and so there's there's a value to that. Um, and, and I think, you know, read, read things uh, and, and even sometimes pay for them uh, because the free press doesn't exist if, if nobody's uh, buying newspapers or magazines or subscribing to websites uh, or all of the different things that, that, you know, it costs money to make. Uh, newspapers. It costs money to put things on TV. So, uh, you know, sometimes you have to pay for that. Yeah. And I think it's important to read and listen to things that we don't agree with sometimes, because that's, that's how you get both sides of the story, you know, and that's, uh, yeah, it's how you hear things you might be missing. And it's also how you develop the skill of listening critically and saying, wait a minute, it's not just that I'm hearing something I disagree with and I get angry. It's that you have to think about, okay, why is that wrong? Uh, And how do I prove to somebody who might be hearing it and might not know if it's true or not? How do I prove to them that that's wrong? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not to say that there are no limits, though, on freedom of the press. I know you mentioned uh, libel earlier. So what, what are some of those limits? Yeah, well, so the, the law as it is today mostly is that um, you know, if, if say a newspaper publishes a fact about somebody, not just an opinion, not an opinion, not, not that they use mean words, but they say, you know, uh, so-and-so, you know, robbed this bank on April 10th, uh, and so-and-so didn't rob the bank, uh, and has never robbed a bank, and you've just done a very bad thing to that person's reputation, then that person can sue. They can file a lawsuit. Um, and sometimes there are also, uh, and, and a lawsuit meaning that, that they can, you know, they can claim money from you. They don't go to jail for that. Um, sometimes there are other limits on the press, uh, particularly if, say, a newspaper steals something and then prints it. Uh, mm-hmm. The government can't stop them, but sometimes they can punish them for stealing it uh, if they can, you know, catch how they did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there are examples like that. It's not... 
it's not completely free, uh, just as most of our freedoms are not completely free, but it's a very, very strong protection that we have in the law that it's, it's very hard to hold uh, newspapers, magazines, uh, TV stations, et cetera, uh, responsible for that. Yeah. And it's a lot about protecting the other person's rights too. You know, the print newspapers can print something as long as it's not a lie that, you know, infringes on someone else's rights. So it's really I, about, about protecting people. Yeah, there was a very, very publicized case recently involving a TV station that they put people on the air to talk about, you know, whether whether an election was rigged, very much like in John Peter Zenger's day. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're allowed to do that. Uh, what they weren't allowed to do uh, and got them in trouble and ended up paying money was because they accused a particular voting machine company of rigging the votes. Uh, mm -hmm. And they didn't have proof for that. You can't do that. Uh, because that's then you're not just talking about the government. You're actually saying this particular business uh, who is in the job of running honest elections was fixing them. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, if you're going to accuse somebody like that of something like that, you have to have proof. Yeah. And like you said, uh, opinions are a different thing. If they had an opinion about something, that's one thing. But but accusing someone of doing something very wrong, you better have you better have the evidence to back it up. And that's, you know, that's that's what that's what I do as a writer. And that's what what I did as a lawyer. That's what lawyers do is is learning that you have to be able to not just say things, but but show, you know, what your proof is, what your evidence is. Yeah. All right. Well, I think this was a great overview of freedom of the press. Um, what what is kind of one thing that we can all keep in mind when we're when we're engaging with the press in the future, whether we're reading something or watching, listening? Uh, I think it really is just to appreciate that, uh, you know, the press gets to say what they want, um, but we don't have to believe it. Uh, you know, we should always be trying to hear more than one voice and, and make sure that we're listening to somebody who's, who's going to tell us the truth. And there we have it, all about freedom of the press. It's such an important piece of freedom of speech and something that affects us every single day, whether we realize it or not. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Growing Patriots. And you can find the Growing Patriot books and more information at growingpatriots.com. Can't wait to see you next time. All from tyranny, we stand for thing for liberty, and they thought so we would be America, land of the free. This has been a presentation of the FCB Podcast Network, where real talk lives. Visit us online at fcbpodcasts.com.